back to Gentle Man, redefining manhood in the 21st century. My name is Arjuna. I'm your host. Going to do another walk today, and the topic is going to be self-care. So, self-care, something a lot of men struggle with. I myself struggle with it. It's something that I'm currently working on, focusing on. And quite frankly, something that a lot of men aren't really explicitly taught to do. So I think a lot of men do engage in various self-caring behaviors without really thinking about them that way. It's certainly not something that we are socialized to really think about. If you compare to women, for example, women tend to be socialized to spend more time on it. Self-care is kind of marketed to women. Treat yourself, have a spa day, relax, watch TV while you do your nails, you know, all this kind of stuff, right? This is all super stereotypical, by the way. But I'm just giving you an example of the, the kinds of things that women are kind of socially encouraged to do to take care of themselves. Even things like taking care of their appearance, right? Or like having a really nice, intimate sharing session with a friend. These are all ways that women are encouraged to care for themselves. Men, on the other hand, are really not, they're not given those behaviors as examples of, of good male behavior. And the whole concept of self-care is really not, it's not really explicitly laid out anywhere in male behavior, the concept of self-care. There are still plenty of things that men, you know, may do or tend to do or engage in, which I think can fall under this category, especially with the right framing and the right attitude, the right feeling around it. For example, drinking a beer and watching the game, right? This is a very stereotypical male behavior. And again, I, I think when it's done in the right way, that can constitute self-care. It's a relaxing activity. It can be a relaxing activity. It can be a cathartic activity, which I think also falls under the category of self-care. Working out, I think, is an example of self-care, which a lot of men are encouraged to engage in. There are a lot of kind of self-care categories that are more active, which I think men are encouraged to do. Even things like fishing. Fishing can be kind of a peaceful, a peaceful activity which soothes the mind, gets you away from your worries, your concerns. I think that can qualify as self-care, which you know many men feel encouraged to do. But I think the, the concept of really taking time out to care for oneself and to nurture oneself that particular framing of it is not common when it comes to men. And I, like, why is that? I wanna, that's what I want to get into. Why is that the case? So let's go back to some of the basic framing here. Men are supposed to be, they're generally expected to be, in the culture that I grew up in anyway, very uh, self-sufficient. There's this notion that men are supposed to be tough. It's all the usual crap, you know, don't cry, take it like a man, toughen up, take care of yourself, don't be a wimp, don't be reliant on other people. These are all very common messages that men are given uh, in their formative years. A lot of times they might not even realize it. You might not even necessarily be aware that you're getting these kind of messages from your peers, from your parents, 
from your role models, from the media, all this kind of stuff. So you might not think about it that much, but that really is the, that's the idea that's being sold to men. And so from this extends a number of harmful behavioral patterns, which I think over time really compound to damage men, both psychologically and physically and emotionally as well. And I think that lack of self-care is one of the expressions of that. Men are supposed to be tough enough that they don't need it. Men are supposed to be able enough, capable enough, strong enough, tough enough, have enough endurance, etc. Enough vigor. Men are supposed to have enough vigor that they don't really need to take care of themselves. This mythology is total bullshit. It's a completely false notion of what's realistic for a human. The reality is everybody needs rest. Everybody needs nurturing. Everybody needs affection, whether it's given from other people or administered to the self. Everybody needs self-care. And I think as a result of our programming, a lot of men actually feel quite vulnerable when they're put in situations that are really explicitly self-caring. So for example, I think a lot of men would feel very vulnerable to just get a spa treatment, right? A manicure, a pedicure, get a, a facial. Some men are all right with this, but it's, it's kind of considered like a feminine thing, right? So it might challenge some men's notion of their masculinity. Things that are more self-caring that I think could really start to feel vulnerable for men are realizing that they're feeling quite emotional and that they need to have a glass of wine and have a cry and watch their favorite movie and go to bed. I think that's an example of a very, it's a very self-caring activity, which is, you know, you're, you're having emotional release, you're having catharsis. You're kind of indulging yourself in something that you like. You're getting comfortable watching a movie going to bed, right? I think that's an example of a kind of identifying your needs kind of a situation and being in a vulnerable enough state to say, look, I, you know, I really need this. I really, I need to kick back. I need to relax. I need to make some time for my feelings and do things that make me feel comforted. The whole notion of being comforted is in and of itself quite a, a confronting idea for a lot of men. Needing comfort, wanting it. And a lot of men, when they receive it, even if they're, you know, very grateful and hungry for it, they may also push it away or it may trigger some kind of violent or difficult behavior because the vulnerability of it is too much. That feeling of vulnerability, once prompted, I think can make some men feel very weak. It can put men into their feeling selves and into their self-reflective selves in a way that's really confronting. So a lot of men may shy away from that, even if they really need it. Or if they do embrace it, they may disavow it later on. Or they may shrug it off, or they may do something to demean themselves or to demean someone else who was there for them, just to kind of project an image of I don't need you or I don't, I didn't need that. So it can be really vulnerable. However, I think if there's one thing that men really need, it's, it's more self-care.
what happens to people when they're not receiving the care that they need? What are the tells or what are the symptoms or what are the expressions of that? People tend to be more anxious. They tend to build up stress more. They tend to be more prone to harmful behaviors, whether it's self-harm or harming others. I think an aspect of self-harm that doesn't get enough thought is the various behavioral self-harms that are kind of self-afflicted, right? So drinking too much, pushing yourself too hard, not sleeping enough, various extreme behaviors, working out too much. All this kind of stuff can be very, very self-harm kind of behavior. And again, I think men are in, in, in some ways more prone to these behaviors. There are certainly behavioral patterns that men are prone to that fall into the self-harm category. A statistic that gets brought up a lot is the prevalence of male suicide. Men are much, much more likely than women, statistically, to take their own lives. And I think self-care has a lot to do with that statistic. So if you think about what drives someone to take their own life? Oftentimes it's depression, a feeling of helplessness, a feeling of no one cares, a feeling of where's my life going? It's not really going anywhere. Better off dead than alive. That's often the feeling that accompanies that. And if you listen to all of those phrases, they all contain clues to opportunities for self-care. For example, no one cares about me. It's a very common feeling. Within that statement, there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity to prove yourself wrong. There's an opportunity to find different evidence. There's an opportunity to reach out to somebody that you care about who might be able to provide you some support and some reassurance. So one very foundational and important self-caring behavior is realizing when you're distressed and when there's someone in your life who could help you and reaching out to them, asking for help. It's a very potent expression of self-care. If you're not exercising, not feeding yourself well, not making sure that your environment feels safe and comfortable, not providing for yourself in any number of physical or emotional or mental ways. These can exacerbate the conditions which can lead one towards that kind of a mindset, right? So if you're not taking care of yourself, you can accelerate your susceptibility to self-harming behaviors. I posit that if men were better at self-care, the male suicide rate would drop. Men who are getting the support they need, who are proactive in taking care of themselves, who are keeping an eye on their mental and emotional health, who are seeking professional care when they need it. That's another really good form of self-care, by the way, going to see a therapist or some other kind of health practitioner, a doctor, perhaps. Let's talk about that for a moment. Uh, a lot of men don't, they don't provide for their physical health very well. And this can manifest in not wanting to see a doctor, having a physical symptom come up and ignoring it. Oh, you know, I have that pain in my back that I've been ignoring for a decade. I'm just self-medicating my way through it, pretending it's not a problem. It's a very, very typical male behavior and a very harmful one. So even the act of just making a doctor's appointment can be a very profound 
acts of self-care. Same with getting a massage or going to the chiropractor or the acupuncturist or really whoever your wellness practitioner of choice is. It's a very, very powerful form of self-care that men really struggle with. And it's often their partners, maybe their wives, who are, you know, nagging them. Hey, you need to make a doctor's appointment or I'm going to make a doctor's appointment for you because you're not doing it for yourself. So all of these behaviors, these behaviors are more likely to create a man who's relaxed and well taken care of and less prone to self-harming behaviors, less prone to harming other people. It's a really big part of the equation. And also, once you start to get into self-care, it's a gateway into so many other things that men struggle with. Getting in touch with their feelings, having vulnerable conversations with yourself or with somebody that you care about. Feeling tired or feeling weak or feeling overcome for a minute. Or really taking pleasure. Let's talk about pleasure. It's another thing that men often don't allow themselves or don't really secure for themselves. Men are encouraged to take pleasure in certain very active activities. You know, like the pleasure of winning a, a, a ball game, the pleasure of victory in any kind of a competitive scenario, achieving things, earning, doing. These are a lot of the things that men are encouraged to take pleasure in. Or the pleasure of conquest. Like, men are encouraged to enjoy sexual pleasure, but it's, it's in a very conquest-driven paradigm. It's not so much in the true profundity of pleasure, which is surrender, which is vulnerability, which is self-knowing. Really showing up and embracing yourself, or showing up and embracing another person in honesty and vulnerability. These are the things that really encourage pleasure on a fundamental level. So, of course, when you're not encouraged to surrender and be vulnerable and be sensitive, sensitivity is a big one, then you're going to limit your ability to experience pleasure. And this will create, again, it'll lead to so many of the ills that men suffer. Pleasure is a big part of self-care. Doing things that feel good, having a bodily pleasure, or a pleasure of a, of a flavor that you like, or music that you like. And really surrendering to it, that's a big part of it, is really allowing yourself to sink into an experience. Pleasure is a big part of the equation. In conclusion, when men are doing all of these things, when they're taking care of their material needs, their mental, physical, emotional, even spiritual well-being, when they're spending more time in a state of vulnerability and self-openness, when they're open, opening themselves to pleasure, which is real pleasure, not the pleasure of conquest, when men are taking care of their physical needs, they're going to the doctor when they need to, paying attention to themselves, doing simple things like taking a warm bath and relaxing and not toughing things out. When men are doing all of these things, they are far, far less prone 
to harming themselves and, and harming others. So I hope that you watching this, listening to this, will take more time to think about what self-care looks like for you and just take a moment, take a moment to really identify what are some of the self-care activities that I've been needing to do that I've been putting off. So let's recap some of the examples that we've given. Making a doctor's appointment, that's a big one. Or making an appointment to get a massage or some other kind of treatment from a professional. Therapy, it's another self-care thing a lot of people put off. Getting anything nice for your body, right? Getting a spa treatment. Or asking your partner to give you a massage. Sometimes it can be really simple. You just ask someone in your life to do something nice for you. Or it could be even just buying yourself some clothes. Or really, you know, taking any step in your life. Maybe it's just eating healthier, right? When you eat more healthful foods, you feel better and it, it, it totally changes your life. So I encourage you, just take a few simple actions for self-care. And I guarantee that something in your life will improve. Thank you. And I look forward to seeing you on the next one.